Welcome to episode 317. At this time of year, it can feel like the whole year was a total tits up and nothing went right. Or maybe it feels like it's been the best year of your life and you're on cloud nine. If that's not you and you're not on cloud nine, then you might want to listen in. On this episode, we're going to be doing my famous 80-point checklist of how your year went. It's a holistic view on the highs and the lows of the year, which will give you some things to both work on for next year and some things to be proud of from this year. And the other thing that I share towards the end of this episode is that I walk you through my results this year and talk you through why my own year in review numbers aren't actually that good this year. Oh, nervous about showing up authentically. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Welcome to another episode of the show, and it is that time of year where the year is starting to slow down for most of us, unless you work in hospitality or, of course, some kind of holiday destination, or you're in retail. Nobody misses working in retail. Well, I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure people love it. Once upon a time, I started in retail. Believe it or not, my first job when I was 14, nine months, that's what the law was then, or maybe I was just 15, I actually worked at the reject shop. Woohoo! profound beginnings over here in a small country town called Morwell. (laughs) That's where I grew up. Um, So anyway, things were wild around Christmas back then, but um, that was back in the days where you didn't really check your phone every five seconds and MySpace had only just started and, you know, we still had snake on our phones and it was a very human world back then and so much has changed. Oh my God. And as a millennial, I totally feel like we got it the worst when it comes to having these addictive things brought into our world at such an influential time in our late teens and early 20s. Anyway, podcast for another day. I could rant about that for a while. <laughs> anyway, even though we don't have too far to go, it's still my mission in 2023 to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And that is absolutely happening in the coming year as well. And we are filling up very fast as we always do around this time of year. So if you are in any way interested in working on your binge eating, your overeating, your secret eating, your emotional consumption of food, whenever you're stressed, whenever you're overworked, tired, knackered, whenever emotions are coming up, whenever you're driving from the supermarket to home, all of this unnecessary consumption. And despite trying all of the diets for the last 10, 20, 30 years, you're still battling those cravings and that food behavior and not feeling good in your own body and your own clothes. And you're not even wearing the clothes you want to wear. If any of that is relevant, please scroll down to the show notes below, click the link and start a conversation with me to either join the coming program or depending where we're at, join the waiting list for the next one which is often what has to happen at this time of year. It's very much a a limited number of people that we can take. And so it's very much a first in, first served kind of situation. So please begin that conversation so that we can figure out whether or not you and I are a good match to work together because um, I'm sure we can help you if you listen to this podcast or have been listening for a while and resonate with the ideas that I talk about. So scroll down to the show notes below, click the link, let's have a conversation and let's start working on your emotional binge and overeating. All right. 
So it's that time of year as well where we need to review the past year. Now, as we know, we don't need New Year's in order to begin anything, to start another chapter. We don't actually need that. However, the way that our society and world and way of thinking is set up, it's absolutely set up in a way where coming to this point of the year, everybody has a sense that something is ending and something new is beginning. Now, it's very important for you to be aware that marketing companies use amazing psychological engineering to get into your brain so that they can leverage that sense of ending and beginning to get you to jump onto their short-term fads, their fad diets, their 28-day programs, they're all that kind of jazz, so that you can yet again be stuck in the cycle of being healthy and unhealthy and healthy and unhealthy and extreme and, you know, in one direction and extreme in the other direction. And so I want to bring that to your attention before the marketing begins. And it's probably already begun. The thing is, you'll probably say, Maddie, but you're also trying to you know, encourage us to join a program of yours. Absolutely. However, you'll hear me say the same message all year, every, every year, all year, all the time. I'm going to tell you the same thing. We don't need New Year's as the time to change. We can change today, whatever the day is you're listening to this episode. We can change in July. We can change in August. We can change well before you ever get a diagnosis. I recently spoke on a podcast with old mate Craig Harper on The You Project, and we we briefly talked about the fact that we both have many people that ring us when they get a diagnosis and say, shit, what should I do? Um, And it's like, oh, the thing that I've been telling you to do for the last 10 years or 20 years, right? Prevention is infinitely better than cure. However, Most people carry the mindset of not worrying about it until the disease is here. And often in those cases, whilst you can reverse a lot of things, a significant amount of damage is already done. Um, And actually, believe it or not, being a healthy person, it's quite fun. (laughs) There's lots of cool people that hang out in this space. Um, But what I want to do today is review 2023 to see how you've gone. How are you going in this space of being a healthy person? Is it difficult? Have you dipped your toes in? Have you dived in head first? Have you not got in at all? Have you gone in? Have you gone out? Have you gone in? Have you gone out? And the way that we're going to assess this is a little sort of measurement tool that I came up with myself, which is an 80-point checklist. And it's going to cover eight areas of your life because our lives are multifaceted and we can't just go on how we feel today. Because if you feel fantastic and you reflect, you might think of all the good things and you might say, oh, I got 70 out of 80. Amazing. My life's perfect. But if you're not having a good day today and you're in a sad or negative frame of mind, you might look back and think this was the worst year of my life. Now, that's not necessarily true because we're orienting our focus just on the negative. So the point of this is to be realistic because some parts of your life might have gone really well and other parts of your life might have really fallen apart and gone devastatingly. And I'm actually going to share my own numbers and my own results here. And I'm happy to talk through those um, as well as we go, just so that you can you can hear from me what it's like on the other side of the mic, because believe it or not, I'm not always bouncing off the walls, passionately ranting <laughs> about everything. Um, and, and whilst I'm mostly a happy person, um, you know, shit happens in my life too. So I want to introduce you to this idea of the 80-point checklist. And if you want another perspective on it as well, episode 213 has a little bit of info. So there is eight areas of your life that we want to assess. We're going to assess each of these eight areas out of 10. And I want you to spend like a couple of minutes or even a minute reflecting on the whole year, the good, the bad. You might even pull out a notepad and do this exercise over 10, 12, 15 minutes, even half an hour. 
And I want you to write down each category and I'll go through them in a second and reflect on the year. You might even have to open your diary. That's actually a really good thing to do to remind yourself of what has happened, what you've done, what you've achieved, what you missed, what didn't work, what did work. Okay. And so map it out under each one of these headings and then give that that individual heading a rating out of 10. Remember, you're allowed to not be perfect. If somebody gets 80, I will say bullshit. (laughs) Because if you listen to this podcast, then you are very interested in always moving forward. And the idea that we have arrived at healed, at no longer broken, at the healthiest human that exists, it's basically, it's impossible to arrive there. However, the goal of life is to always pursue that outcome, despite it being a place that we can't arrive. And whilst maybe that seems like a pointless game to play, I'm almost certain if that you stay where you are and surrender to it, you'll feel far worse than if you play this game. So entering the game, we're going to start now with the eight different categories, okay? So number one is fitness and movement. This doesn't necessarily mean you, that you ran a marathon. That's why I added the word movement, right? Fitness and movement. It simply means the practice of regularly moving your body through time and space. That might be weight training. That might be regularly going for a walk. It might be staying committed to your Saturday park runs, which are nice to do. I've done a couple of those this year with my dad uh, and a few different people. My dad and I did one in my hometown and also in Ireland, which was pretty cool. You can do park runs all around the world. Um, But it's just that regular practice of movement. It doesn't have to be the same thing all of the time, all year. So I want you to look back on the year and think, what was my movement like out of 10? Zero being I didn't move at all. 10 being I literally maintained a practice of moving in a way that suits me every single week for the whole year. So figure out where your number is there. So fitness and movement is number one. And you might have achieved some cool milestones this year with your body or with your um, weightlifting goals or your Spartan competition goals or or your mixed martial arts or whatever the thing is that you do. And if it's close to zero or one, maybe that sets up a bit of a goal for next year about, hey, we're going we're gonna to actually put some intention into the fitness and movement. Okay, so that's category one. Category two is food and nutrition. Again, this is for the whole year. So write things down, look through your diary. You know, was it a good year? Did you spend time at farmer's markets? Did you prioritize finding good, healthy meals? Did you cook a lot? Did you cook at home a lot? Did you cook more than usual? Did you go out a lot? Did you spend money at restaurants that aren't ideal? Did you buy a lot of fast food? Were you on Uber Eats a lot this year, right? What was the quality of the nutrition that you were putting into your body like? This is about understanding how well you did with the fuel that goes into your body because as cliche as it is, you are what you eat. It doesn't matter what a single medical doctor or professional says about how nutrition affects the body or disease. If they are not saying that it does, they are wrong. You are what you eat. Every molecule and every cell in your body is made up of the stuff that goes in your mouth. That's how the body was built when you were in your mother's womb. That's how the body was built the rest of your life, right? So it is proportionally related to the quality of body that you experience and live within as to the quality of the food that you put in. This is also impacted by the other seven areas of this checklist, not just food. Food is just one part of it, okay? So how did your food and nutrition go? 10 out of 10 means you cooked cooked at home every single day or you had perfect meals cooked for you pretty much every single day and zero means you made no effort with your food and nutrition at all this year. 
Category number three, stress management or stress download. What do I mean by that? So we can't get away from stress. So when people say stress less, you should say piss off. (laughs) The world is incredibly stressful and, and incredibly stimulating. However, the meaning that the word stress comes with is completely up to us. If we know stress is going to happen then we have to think about it differently. We have to manage it. And that might be managing our beliefs around it. It might be managing our thoughts around it. It might be managing the way that we interact with those stressful situations. For instance, a positive stressful situation might be getting into an ice bath or going to an intense workout or doing a a running race, right? That's positive stress. However, it's still stress on the body. Negative stress that has a negative association might be that work stresses me out, right? I hate my job. Uh, The relationship I'm in is going through a really tough patch and I haven't dealt with it or I haven't spoken about my needs, right? That type of thing. And what I mean by download, stress download, is that coupled with this this stress management and download is that have you used download strategies to download the stress out of your body? So a cool stress management tool might be to download the stress by using journaling or by using uh, psychologists or by using a good friend that's really you know good to throw ideas back and forth with or your partner that might help you or breath work or doing little rituals with candles and essential oils and, and you know, more spiritual things as well. Uh, or it might be your religion that helps you download that stress out of your body. And it's not just talking about it or writing about it, but it's genuinely rem- removing that energy or shifting that energy from inside your body in the tension of the stress that exists within your body that you might hold in your jaw or in your gut or in your joints or in your hips or wherever it might be or in your head that possibly contributes to physical discomfort and illness and disease and symptoms and actually feeling relieved, like you've downloaded that stress out of the body. Like when you put your bare feet on the earth, you download some of that stress back into the earth. So stress management, stress download. Again, look across the whole year, write down a bunch of super stressful things that happened, figure out how did I go? Was it a stressful year and I did not download my stress? Or was it a stressful year, but I managed the stress pretty well? Okay, so this is again out of 10. So this is category three, and it's stress management, stress download. The next one is self-care. And this kind of doubles with the stress management download thing, but it's, a, it's slightly different. So what I mean about self-care is you prioritizing you. Now, I fully acknowledge that we're all busy. We've got families, we've got businesses, we've got jobs, we've got kids. You know, everybody's got stuff that they need to care about beyond themselves and sometimes far more than themselves, especially in the name of parenting, right? And so what I mean by self-care is not that you prioritize yourself every day, but if you look back on the year, did you have a practice or a ritual or a frequency that was made consistent of self-care? And that can, that, what I mean by that being consistent means it can be once a week. Did you hold up your once a week Friday night in the bath with candles and a book where your partner took care of the kids or your kids went somewhere else, right? And you just stuck to that most weekends or most Friday nights, whatever it might be. Or maybe your self-care is that you get to the gym three days a week. You know, did you maintain that for most of the year? Whatever it is for you, whatever it is, it might be a hobby. You might be into pottery. You might be into drawing. You might be into, you know, events that you do with your friends. You know, what did you do for self-care, for looking after you, for nurturing the human that you are? Which isn't necessarily talking about managing trauma or talking to psychologists. This is more leaning in the direction of positivity, of enjoyment, of pleasure, of extracting happiness and fun out of life, learning an instrument, 
learning how to draw, learning how to sing, getting into karaoke, you know, whatever it might be, self-care, things that fill your cup. And that might be the bath on Friday night. It might mean joining a book club, whatever it is. What is your score out of 10 for self-care? Hobbies, extra recreational activities, friends, things that you love to do that fill your cup. So that's out of 10 as well. That's category four. The next one, same thing. I want you to look across the year, write some things down under this heading. But the next one is boundaries. How were you at managing your boundaries this year? Because I believe boundaries and maintenance of boundaries are a significant contributor to our overall happiness and mental health as humans. And some people are not good at putting in their own boundaries. In fact, many of the people I work with struggle with boundaries, which is why they have such a challenge with food, nutrition, maintaining habit change, because they set some new boundaries and then they just violate those, their own boundaries all of the time. And that means that we also let other people violate our boundaries all of the time because we set the standard for how we should be treated. And so when we treat ourselves not very well, All that does is show everybody else how to treat us and what we expect. And so then we get taken advantage of often to the point that it becomes our life story. And then that might then result in being like, I'm always someone that has bad luck or my friends always let me down or nobody thinks of me. And that's often because you haven't thought of yourself because that's the way that you set the standard for how to be treated. So how were you with your boundaries, with your partner, with your kids, with your mother-in-law, with your neighbor? with the person that always annoys you with negative information that you roll your eyes, with the friend that you stay friends with because you've just been, they've been around for 30 years and you're just like, well, I've got got to honor the history, even though for the last 15 years, it's been fucking annoying when they ring. (laughs) P.S. There's no trophy for 30 year friendships. (laughs) You can end them if they're toxic, right? But again, this comes back to boundaries. Have you set a boundary with someone, family members, friends, anybody in your work, whatever it might be, fully acknowledge these conversations are difficult. That's why we're rating them out of 10, because if you're seven, eight, nine, then it means you're pretty courageous. That's pretty good to have that kind of courage to talk to people about boundaries and where, where you expect people to show up and where you expect them to be and how, you, how to manage the way that you feel. It's not up to anybody to manage the way that you feel. It's up to you to be able to communicate those feelings and have constructive conversations with people about how everybody can win, basically, how everybody can feel best. Obviously, Not all situations are going to result in positive outcomes. Uh, It can result in relationship breakdown. It can result in all sorts of different things. But the point is that you want to protect your energy, not narcissistically, (laughs) even though I kind of hate that word. And I'm going to do a podcast on that. But my point is, we don't want to be selfish. We don't want to be ridiculous about our expectations to the point that, you know, we're holier than thou. We want to be flexible and communicable and malleable in the context of working with somebody else who is all of those things. That's the kind of people we want to surround ourselves with so that everybody is focused on coming to common ground with a positive outcome for everybody. And sometimes that positive outcome for everybody is that the relationship should end, which is awfully painful. (laughs) Um, And that's part of the human experience. So boundaries is the next one. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next one. So the next one is relationships. What is the health of your relationships? Are they positive? Are they negative? Are they challenged? Are they stretched? Have they been painful this year? Have they been flourishing this year? Do you have some new friends or have you reconnected with old friends and that connection's going really well and you're feeling great about it? Have you met a new partner and that relationship's feeling fantastic? Have some of your relationships ended and it's been a really difficult period of the year where you're, you're getting over some heartbreak or some loss or some grief? 
right? What are your relationships like? This is checking the health of your community and the connections in your community because no matter what the internet and society pushes us to do in regards to being online, unless you're in the physical company of humans, we're slowly going to rot our souls. And I can personally attest to that. (laughs) And I'll share a bit more about that when I give you my score out of 80. But we need to be in community with people that care about us and people that we care about too. And physical community, not isolated all the time on a Zoom call or at home, sending emails, disconnected from the world. We need to actually go to sporting clubs and to events where people are really there really there, (laughs) you know, attending in real life. The internet has given us lots of great things, but how are your relationships going in the real world? Having said that, I've got some fantastic, some of the best relationships I have uh, with people on the internet. Um, However, the goal is always to meet them in real life. But what is the health of the community and people around you? Because if that is not great, it's going to be very difficult for you to be in a great state. Also, having a low score with this one can give you the indication that, oh, I'm not surrounded by supportive people. No wonder all of the diets and health transformations and changes that I've tried haven't worked because everybody brings me down. (laughs) I actually see this a fair bit. I actually see this a fair bit, which is why getting into group programs such as mine or any, to be honest, uh, are beneficial because you start to spend your time with like-minded individuals, which is really important. You want to be with people that are sharing the same values or have the values that you would like to adopt because we are all in a way very chameleon-like. We want to blend in with the people we're around. So spending your time around people that you want to be like or that your goals are associated with, then you want to hang out with those people. And if you can, see them from time to time in real life, Um, especially family, friends, the people that give your life meaning, right? So relationships out of 10. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. The next one is financial. How is your financial situation? Is it hard, difficult? You haven't spent money very wisely this year. You've made a few silly purchases. You kind of just went to town on the credit card and now you're paying back negative, horrible, high interest rate, you know, kind of debt. Or have you made some good money decisions? Have you made some investments this year? Have you made a little bit more money than you made last year? Have you been managing despite inflation to feel pretty comfortable? 
Um, you know, have you found other ways to make more money? A lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast, uh, you know, most people are working a job and that's fantastic. But that also comes with the mentality of save, save your dollars, save your dollars, save your dollars. Um, but I would also say that something alongside saving your dollars, which is really important, is being focused on making more money. You might not be able to make more money from your day job. However, I would also push anyone to go and try and start a negotiation around pay rise. And uh, I have actually a client who this year I pushed to do that and she got offered $100,000 more than she was on. How crazy is that? (laughs) Now, that can't be everybody's story. But my point is, if you can't get more money from your day job, your mindset and the conversations you should be having with your partner or whoever's in your world is how can we earn more money? Because you, nobody ever got super ridiculously wealthy and comfortable saving on you know $7 coffees every single day. They just ended up having the coffee because they were addicted to it. <laughs> so you've got to find other ways to bring income in that doesn't involve your time, you know, investments and startups and things to put your money into. I'm not a financial expert, but I've, got, I've still got some ideas. I've got some ideas. <laughs> but finding other ways. Anyway, this is not a financial advice podcast in any way. Here is my disclaimer. Please talk to your accountant, blah, blah, blah. But remember, accountants are just like doctors. They were trained by the system. <laughs> Hashtag Maddie's going down a rabbit hole. Um, anyway, how's your financial health? Is it good? Is it not good? Have the decisions been good? Have the decisions not been good? Have you lived wildly or conservatively? That's out of 10. All of these are out of 10. Okay, we've got the last one here. The last one out of 10 is spiritual. How is your spiritual practice? And spiritual doesn't mean religious, but it might mean religious views. So maybe we'll go spiritual slash religious. How are your practices around your energy, the way that you think about the world? the way that you think about other people in a more global, holistic sense, you know, the way that you feel about how the world works, your connection to source or the universe or to God. Are you honoring that connection? Do you have a practice to tap into it regularly? I would consider myself fairly spiritual, definitely not religious, but when I keep up that practice, I feel better about everything. Not hugely, but just as a general sense of elevation and lightness that exists in my life when I keep that practice up. And I'm not necessarily praying to some Messiah or God. It, you know, that practice can look different for everybody. It can just involve med- meditation, it could involve yoga, it could involve prayer. But I want you to look over the year. Over the year, have you maintained or gone in and out of your spiritual practice? And where is it at now? And how is it affecting your life? Again, out of 10 because all of these are out of 10 and the total is 80 because eight is a fabulous number. <laughs> so just going to quickly recap. Hopefully you've written all of these down on a, on a pad or a piece of paper. So you've got some dot points underneath. You might've flicked through your calendar to see what have I forgotten about this year in this category? So fitness and movement, food and nutrition, stress management, stress download, self-care, boundaries, relationships, financial, and spiritual. They are the eight categories. So where are you at out of 80? If you're in any of my groups or any of my client groups or any of my free groups, I would love to hear what your number is. But what would be better is if you shared this podcast with the people in your world, your friends, your close pa- your partner, your close people, 
and get everybody to listen, get everybody to do the scores and compare and talk about them, particularly your partner and, and maybe your best friend or so whoever you're doing life with mostly, you know, whoever's in that sort of daily or weekly conversation of how life is going. Because if you can get everybody on the same page and talking and discussing about, oh, why didn't this work? Why did this work? Then it's far better to be able to feel like, okay, I'm not alone in this. And discussing this with other people on these scores and results means that we can figure out a plan in order to make these better next year. Remember, speaking of next year, one tweak a week is always the mantra. Don't expect to go from a one to a 10 in one year, right? Aim to go from a one to a four or a five, you know? We want to take those small steps. If you hit 10, fucking fantastic. But don't be unrealistic because guess what? Being unrealistic about your goal setting is called self-sabotage. And I know that if you've ever ever done a small business course or you've ever considered doing a side hustle or you've joined multi-level marketing or whatever, they say, dream for the stars. Like, what do you want? Lamborghinis and Ferraris and I want to own a resort and I want to live, you know, in Dubai on in the top level of the highest building or whatever, you know. And actually, all I found that did was set me up for perpetual failure, right? It's okay to want to end up there in like 20 years, Uh, Unless, you know, I accidentally win Tats Lotto, something I don't buy tickets in. But being realistic about your goals is far more fulfilling because you actually achieve them. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) So be smart about how you set up the the conversations and goals coming out of this with some of the stuff that has lower scores. So what I want to do is quickly share my results. So I did this just before we recorded this podcast. And I want to just share transparently what's been going on in my life and why the numbers are the way they are. So first category, fitness and movement. For me, that was a five out of 10 this year. And the reason for that and the reason for a lot of my low numbers is going to be the same. Uh, And so five out of 10, which is definitely down on what it was last year. So the reason for that is that I experienced a lot of depression this year. And that meant that I was simply on the couch a lot <laughs> and not honoring any of my boundaries or honoring any of my practices for different periods of time for a month at a time here a month at a time there um, and so that meant that whilst I, I achieved a lot fitness wise this year by simply doing a lot um, and and my fitness level stayed the same you know I'm not any less fit than I was uh, any other year and I actually played football this year for the first time in 13 seasons but because of that intermittent depression that came in and out for me over the year, it's a five out of 10. Uh, the next one, food and nutrition. So I'm giving that a seven out of 10. Mostly pretty good. I would say the difference between sort of a nine and a seven is sort of back to that depressive stuff. And that depression for me this year was very much out of loneliness and heartbreak. Dare I admit it as a man on the internet publicly <laughs> talking about his feelings. Um, I want you to know that I'm okay though and I have my people in my world. This is not a cry for help um, or an attention-seeking attempt. Um, I understand that there's many, many people that listen to this and I just want to show up transparently for you to uh, have the confidence to do the same. It's important to show up transparently to the people that care and provide you safety and I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. I have some fantastic friends that are all in this space and understand how psychology and mental health and um, health and wellness and all of it works. And so I've got some really great people that I confided in and that helped through some really dark stuff this year. But for me, food and nutrition was seven to, yeah, seven out of 10. So a bit lower than it was probably the year before, um, or at least 
re- reflecting right now, it feels like it's probably not the most amazing year that I've had myself. And believe it or not, that involved emotional eating uh, because I'm a human and I've been in this world of emotional eating for a very long time and that's how I know how to do all the stuff. The good news is that even though I'm a human that's susceptible to the chaos of life, um, I know the tools better than most in order to be able to dig myself out of this, um, which is what I did a couple of times this year. So that's a good thing. Um, so for me, stress management and stress download was eight out of 10. So I'm pretty, pretty proud of that actually, because again, I know how this world works when it comes to uh, personal development and managing problems and chaos and triggers. And I still have them. And I made some, some significant mistakes in my personal life this year. Not many, but a couple of significant ones. Um, And so the good news is that I know how to recover from that. I know how to manage my stress. I know how to download that stress out of my body. And sometimes, as you probably heard on episodes 311 and 313 with Matthew Zoltan, sometimes part of that is simply feeling the hurt, sitting in the absolute devastation of heartbreak, the, the the gut-wrenching anger, you know, the grief that sits in your heart and your chest. Sometimes you don't do anything about it. Downloading it is living it, living the feelings. So I'm pretty happy with how much I sat in my bullshit this year. Um, although it was short periods of time, it was very intense periods of time. And I was, yeah, eight out of 10 for me. So self-care, self-care. So I would say five out of 10 here because yeah, I was intermittent with the things that brought me joy. And that's got a lot to do with what I've just been talking about, being depressed, being heartbroken, being feeling very alone and disconnected in the world, despite the fact that we're just about to cross over 500,000 listeners of this podcast, you know, in my real human life, (laughs) it, uh, you know, working alone, living alone, all of that kind of stuff has resulted in significant loneliness. Um, But again, I know how to respond to that. And so I'm in the process of changing a lot of things in my life. Again, I appreciate you listening. I'm just trying to be transparent in the way of leadership. I encourage honesty and vulnerability. So please know that I'm okay. I'm totally fine. I've got my people. I've got my support systems and networks and I am okay. I'm just hoping that you take a leaf out of my book by showing up honestly and authentically to the people that really care about you. And you don't have to do that on social media. I would argue that doing that on social media with a big post about how, how tough your life is, is actually the opposite of a good idea because you're going to get all of this information and input from people who don't, you don't really know and who don't really care about you that much, right? You need to talk the, through this stuff with people that genuinely care about your well-being, your partner, your kids, your psychologist, your close friends, People that will be part of the solution is who you should be opening up about this stuff to, which is what I've done. And that's why I'm able to speak about it now. And I didn't speak about it in the heart of what was going wrong at the time. Okay, next one, boundaries. I'm going with a big nine out of 10 here. I am very good at putting boundaries in place and being communicable. And I'm lucky because I'm socially extroverted. I know how to throw a few words together that make sense pretty easily. And with some of the chaos that happened in my life this year, boundaries were very necessary. Um, And so, yeah, I'm very, very happy with how boundaries went this year. Relationships, I'm going to say nine out of 10 as well. And that's because I've got such an incredible network of people that I can rely on, can trust, that I can be there for. Um, And, you know, and this also goes with sort of the heartbreak and the end of relationships that happened this year. Um, Those relationships were some of the most meaningful, you know, relationships that I've ever had, despite the hurt of them ending, Um, you know, and so... I'm putting a nine out of 10, even for the pain that came from, from, you know, one significant person in my life. Um, and so, yeah, that was a, a very beautiful experience that I'm very grateful to have had. And so 
nine out of 10 for all of that. Um, financial, I'm going to say four out of 10, four out of 10. I made some new investments this year. And so that's nice. You know, I learned a little bit more money this year, which is nice. And I tried to be smart with that money. But again, because of just my intermittent, uh, depression and loneliness and disconnection and isolation, it resulted in just periods of time where I wasn't being super effective with earning money. And I wasn't being as smart as I could otherwise be or consistent as I could, I would otherwise be in regards to earning money. I probably could have earned a lot more. Uh, and, and helped more people. But equally, at the same time, the other side of that coin is that, you know, pushing myself to be busy and distracted through times when I needed to sit with my emotions is probably not that smart. So sure, it could have been probably a six or a seven out of 10. But in doing that, I would have ignored my pain and suffering and caused much more long-term damage to myself <laughs> emotionally and damaged future relationships for not dealing with my shit now. So although it's a four out of 10, I think it's kind of like a, mm, it might be okay, you know? <laughs> um, and spiritual, again, I'm going to say four out of 10. I just didn't maintain my practices as much as I would like to have. Um, however, once I got my head slightly to a better space and I'm like, Maddie, you know that this shit helps <laughs> force yourself to do it. And sometimes I really did have to force myself to do it. And same with a few of the things on this list, you know, because I know that on the other side of doing it, it's like doing a workout. Nobody ever regrets a workout, but people talk themselves out of it before they even begin. And so I had to force myself to do a lot of my stuff this year. Um, and the good thing is on the other side of that, it felt good. But again, I was really inconsistent. For a significant period of the year, the couch and Netflix looked a lot better than doing anything. <laughs> and this might be, you know, surprising information to a lot of people because the podcast still came out. I still showed up, you know, in the right energy for all of my clients because, you know, I'm not 100% a selfish fucker. You know, you've got to show up for people. You've made a commitment. You've got to do stuff. Um, and I did you know, but when I could, I took a lot of time for myself. So hoping that that means that I can recover my mind and my heart and my soul for 2024 to be a lot better. So anyway, all of those numbers combined for me equal 51 out of 80. So that's where I'm at, uh, you know, and I've got to figure out how to just be better next year in the areas that weren't amazing, spiritual, financial, you know, fitness and movement, self-care were, you know, were sort of on the lower side for me. So I have to figure out, you know, how can I how can I be more consistent next year, even if some of that emotional chaos happens again, you know, because life is life and shit happens and people die and relationships begin and end and hearts break and people don't want the same thing. Like all that stuff's going to always happen for me, for you, for everyone. Um, so we just have to get better at navigating it, not avoiding it, not avoiding it. We don't want that stuff to make us jaded and bitter and cynical and nihilistic, right? Because if we do, life will become not worth living. So we have to heal when the suffering is happening. We have to live and sit through the suffering so that we can get to the other side with some experience. Our heart's been through some training that it didn't expect to go through. We've released some triggers that we didn't know were there and we, maybe we're not proud of ourselves. I can definitely say that there's part of my journey this year I'm not proud of. But if we don't get through the emotion we end up nihilistic and, and cynical on the other side, which means that we're going to really negatively impact the next chapter of our life because we're going to hold on to that cynicism and that negativity and that grief and that bitterness. So you've got to get through it or the next year is not going to look good. And actually maybe the next year for you needs to be about getting through that work, which is what happens for a lot of the clients that I work with. You know, I'm, you know, I'm very transparent when I talk about the work we do is that when you open Pandora's box, it usually gets worse before it gets better. 
This stuff's usually been packed away for years, right? So you might need to join my program or join a program or see a psych or whoever, whatever, in order to begin unpacking that box in a safe way without just sort of throwing yourself off a cliff and 10 years later being like, oh, well, you know, oh, even in 10 years, I wasn't able to just get one year right. And that's because you just haven't given it attention and made space for it um, because you don't know how much space it's going to require and you don't know what's going to come out. Um, you might have an idea, but you've got to begin the journey somewhere. So I want to see and hear from you. I want to know how this checklist looked for you. What are the numbers? Again, share them with people in your circle. Make sure that you're getting a clear representation of the year. Flick through your calendar and share these numbers in social media. Share them everywhere that you can with the people that matter and with me in our social media and different places as well. I'd love to hear how you're going. And then, of course, off the back of this, it will give you clarity on which areas of your life need attention. Remember, one tweak a week. Don't go too crazy. You can't achieve everything overnight. If you can, you would have already and you didn't because you can't. (laughs) (laughs) figure that out. Um, So, you know, slow and steady wins the race. I hope you've had a fantastic year, of course. And I hope that for the difficult times that you were able to get through them, right? That you got to the other side, being proud of how you navigated them. And if you got to the other side and now you're looking back and thinking, shit, I was an absolute fuck show, but through that incident, which I've had one of those experiences this year, particularly. And The point is that you take the learnings. Don't just say it was a mess. Look back. What was right? What was wrong? Where were you wrong? Where were they wrong? Where were you right? Where were they right? You know, and some of this is self-care stuff. Some of this is self-management stuff. Some of this is boundary stuff, relationship stuff. It's all a part of this year in review conversation that we're looking at right now. And the idea is to take the learnings. And that's what I want you to do next. Once you've got the final number for you out of 80, I want you to write a couple of intentions, not necessarily goals, but intentions about how you want to show up in which areas next year. And I'm going to put a limit on you with two, two areas that are going to get your attention because you can't achieve it all, right? What are they? What are they? For me, it's going to be fitness and movement and financial. They're the two areas for me that I'm going to focus more on in the next 12 months. Hopefully, some of the others just happen anyway, but that's going to be the intention that I put behind that. Anyway, thanks for being here. If you've enjoyed the podcast this year and you really think it's great, then I think you're great. Um, And I would love you to help us grow this show uh, by simply five stars, comments down below in Spotify, five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple Podcast. Written reviews are really helpful. They can be a little tricky to figure out how to do on Apple um, because they sort of hide it. But if you can figure out how to do it, which I'd really love you to spend 30 seconds right now, what do you get out of the podcast? Why do you enjoy it? Why is it different to other shows? Just, just a couple of sentences. I'd be so grateful for your help there because then more people can get access to this because the more reviews and ratings, the higher that this podcast gets in the algorithm when people search the relevant topics that we talk about. So thank you for being a part of the podcast this year. And I look forward to continuing our hangouts and conversations in the year to come. And yeah, be awesome. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope that New Year's is looking good and let's really focus on what we need to work on for next year and do it with positive intentions, knowing that you're a human and that we're all on this journey together. All right, I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much. And I'll see you on the next episode. 
Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.